God dwells with me. And I dwell with God. I was on the campus of St. Olaf College in Northfield, Minnesota, not too long ago to hear an evening concert featuring the combined choirs and orchestra. After parking, I walked across the commons toward Skoglin Center. It was midwinter. The temperatures were hovering in the teens. I had my gloves on, my scarf was wrapped around my neck, and my jacket was zipped all the way up as a stiff breeze blew against me. And that's when I heard it, the delicate sound of wind chimes. I stopped for a moment to listen. What direction was the sound coming from? Where were those chimes? Who put them there? A few minutes later, I was standing under the memorial chime tower. In 2003, members of the St. Olaf College community came together to create a lasting memorial to commemorate the lives of students who had died while enrolled at St. Olaf. Currently, there are 116 chimes, all tuned to the key of D, the key of the beloved hymn, Beautiful Savior, each engraved with the name of those 116 students. On windy days and breezy nights, the sound of those chimes can be heard almost everywhere on campus. But without a breeze, those chimes make no sound at all. Without even the slightest bit of wind, there wouldn't be the gentle reminder of the spirit of each of those students and the breath that once filled each of those students' lives whose names are engraved on those chimes. Friends, without oxygen coursing through our lungs, we would be lifeless. Belden Lane, in his book, The Great Conversation, Nature and the Care of the Soul, connects the dots between the breath we breathe and often take for granted and the spirit dwelling within us, giving each of us breath as a gift of life. Belden writes these important words. Our first intense experience of the world comes through breathing, gasping for air. And for the rest of our lives, this happens automatically, without conscious effort, handled by a respiratory control center at the base of the brain. We breathe an average of 28,000 times a day. But breath is more than a physiological function. It represents an interior spiritual dimension of a life that is more than us. In the ancient poem of creation in the book of Genesis, breathing brought the first humans into existence, filling them with the breath of life. Called by various names, including the Greek word pneuma and the Hebrew word ruach, breath is a divine energy recognized across every religious tradition. We're beginning a new series called Dwelling. As we move through the season of Lent, we'll be focusing on what it means for us to dwell in God's presence with God as God dwells in us through the Spirit who gives us life. 
We call this dwelling the incarnation, which is the big, beautiful, churchy word for the central Christian understanding that God became human, that God became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood in the form of Jesus, the Son of God. Now, if all of that sounds complicated, you're not wrong. There are all kinds of metaphors that might be helpful. Here's one. The incarnation means that the Spirit of God lives within us and through us, gives each of us breath as a gift, and acts as the engine that inspires and animates and empowers us to be the physical presence of Christ in the world. This incarnation, this dwelling, is rooted in countless places in Scripture. I want to read three passages for you, not just one, but three. And as I do that, I want to challenge you to engage your imagination. Close your eyes, if you like, and let these scriptural images stir inside you while I read. First, from Genesis 2, verse 7. After God had created the heavens and the earth, day and night, water, land, trees, plants, large animals and small animals, sea creatures, cattle, reptiles, bugs, and fish, then the Lord God formed the human from the dust of the ground. God breathed the breath of life into the human's nostrils, and the human became a living person. Did you catch it? God's breath, which is God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit, was first breathed into humankind and gave humankind life. Our breathing is a sign of God's presence within us. Every breath we breathe is a gift of new life, each and every one, a gift of life from God. Well, here's another passage from Joel chapter 2, verses 28 to 30. On the way toward creating a new community of faithful people, God said, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will speak the good news of God's salvation on behalf of God. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on servants, men and women alike, and I will cause wonders in the heavens and on the earth. So you see, as the Holy Spirit dwells in us and we dwell in God's spirit, God actively inspires and animates and empowers us to embody the good news of hope for the entire world. And then from the book of Acts, chapter 2, as the church is born and people's lives are being inspired and animated and empowered with the good news of Jesus' resurrection, sort of the ultimate transformation, the Holy Spirit fills the lives of those early believers. Here's the passage. When the Feast of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And without warning, there was a sound like a strong wind, gale force. No one could tell where it came from. It filled the whole building. And then, like a wildfire, the Holy Spirit spread through their ranks and they started speaking a number in a number of different languages as the Spirit prompted them. 
So you see what's happening is that the power of God's transformational love began to spread as more and more people learned that God's power was becoming tangible in their lives. <laughs> so is your head spinning yet? Well, that's okay. Spiritual push-ups and sit-ups are good for us. But let me take you just a little deeper. The first incarnation or dwelling of God happened in Jesus. Jesus embodied God's presence and explained to his followers that when they saw him, they saw God. In our lives, we know the love and grace of God by looking to Jesus. The second incarnation or the second dwelling happens in us. On one level, every human being embodies the Spirit, God's life-giving breath within them. If someone is breathing, they are carrying the breath of God in them. They are a spirited person, whether they know that or not, whether they, I guess, accept that or not. That's not up for debate. What we do with that breath is a beautiful choice. From a Lutheran perspective, we receive the Spirit at our baptism as a gift of grace, and then we're continually filled with the Holy Spirit throughout our lives. What we do with that breath in us empowers us to make all kinds of difference in the world. So, how do we learn to awaken to the work of the Spirit within us? If God is pouring the Spirit out on all people, on sons and daughters, on young and old alike, and they're dreaming dreams and seeing visions. What does that mean for us practically? Well, over the next several weeks, we'll be exploring aspects of the Spirit's activity within us, how the Holy Spirit dwells within us in ways that create more life and aliveness. So first, we awaken to the Spirit within us by exploring what it means to live into the freedom that the Spirit creates. In 2 Corinthians 3.17, Paul writes, For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. You see, the Holy Spirit sets us free from trying to live by a set of rules, by regulations and the fear of punishment. So many people describe their lived experience in the church as constantly trying to measure up and fit in and hit the mark and make the grade and, and appease a God that seems more like Santa Claus who sees you when you're sleeping and knows when you're awake, who knows if you've been bad or good, so we'd better be good for goodness sake. Friends, that is no way to live. The good news is that the Spirit invites us into a life of open grace that sets us free and equips us to bring life and aliveness to the world around us. That's good news for so many people who continue to live as if God's love must be earned and God's wrath avoided. When we acknowledge that the life we have been given and the breath that has been breathed into us is a gift, then we are set free to respond with gratitude and love and generosity. That's the work of the Holy Spirit in us and through us. Second, we awaken to the Spirit within us by paying attention to the Spirit's work of correction and conviction. 
You know, working through the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous is some of the most powerful work that you or I will ever do, whatever our addiction is, and we all have one. When we admit that we are powerless over whatever it is that's making our lives unmanageable, and we come to believe that a power greater than ourselves can restore us to sanity, we're on the right road. But staying on that road is often a challenge. That's why the rumble strips are on the edges of the road, to keep us from ending up in the ditch. Some time ago, Pastor Jeff referred to those rumble strips as the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, and that's been a very helpful image for me. You know how it is. It's mid-February, and you've made a commitment to eating well, exercising often, drinking a lot of water, and doing without a lot of the stuff that made you make that New Year's resolution in the first place. And suddenly, I'm staring at a pan of pillowy, soft, warm, yeasty cinnamon rolls fresh out of the oven. And with the cream cheese frosting all ready to go, I can't for the life of me, figure out why I shouldn't eat two or three or maybe four. I mean, they're small, they're beautiful, they're pillowy soft and warm and yeasty cinnamon rolls fresh out of the oven for crying out loud. That's when the rumble strips come in handy. Those rumble strips tell us that that I'm in a really dangerous place and I'm about to drive headlong into the ditch. Those rumble strips for me are like the Holy Spirit reminding me that I'm veering off course. And with love and grace, I'm called back to the center of the Spirit's presence. But the Spirit doesn't just stop there. We awaken to the Spirit within us by being receptive to the Spirit revealing wisdom and guiding us. The Spirit reveals God's wisdom to guide us every day. This is, this is actually the next step of the Spirit's work within us after we become aware of the rumble strips. The Spirit leads us through the hard work of doing the fearless moral inventory of self-reflection, which can lead us back to life. The Spirit searches our hearts and our minds and reveals anything that's misaligned with the heart and intentions of God. Let me break that down a little bit. I know a lot of people, myself included, who are taught to imagine the Holy Spirit as a teacher with a red pen going through the narrative of our lives, just looking to expose our failures and mistakes. But how much better to imagine the work of the Spirit as lovingly aligning our lives to the aliveness that Jesus promises. How amazing to think that through the Spirit, we can actually know the mind of the one who created us and all things. That's where the freedom is. But how do we quiet the noise around us and within us enough to hear the Spirit's voice? Well, we read scripture, we practice meditation, we invest in a Bible study with a small group of friends. It's through activities and practices that the work of the Spirit is revealed in us, and the Spirit leads us back to our truest selves that have been created in God's image. Finally, 
we awaken to the Spirit within us by trusting the Spirit to create peace within us. The peace that comes from the Spirit isn't connected to our circumstances or a lack of conflict in our lives, but a deep sense that we are not alone and that in the end, God has us, we have the Spirit, and that's enough. The one who has breathed life into us at the beginning of our lives is still breathing new life into us each moment in order to bring new life to others around us. Each one of us bears the image of God on the outside and has the Spirit of God breathing from the inside. So friends, as we move through these next several weeks during Lent, we're going to walk through the ways that we awaken to the work of the Spirit within us. As you go into this week, I want to have you uh, experience some handles, get some specific ways of entering into some daily practices that will heighten your awareness of the movement of the Spirit dwelling in you. The link that you see here on the screen will take you to the five-day devotional that we create each week for you. This week, you'll find some directions for practicing a breath prayer. I'll teach you how to use a specific repeated short sentence that you can use to help focus on the Spirit's presence any time of day or night. There will also be a morning prayer. There will be an evening prayer as well as a, a blessing prayer that you can pray or even share with someone else. Each one is designed to help you awaken to the Spirit's presence within you. I know that you'll find it very, very helpful. Let's pray. Gracious God, we thank you for the breath we've just received and that one too and all the ones coming today. We thank you for breathing life and more life into us. We pray that as we move through the days of, of this week, we will be attentive to the Spirit's presence in us. We pray that you would fill us with a deep assurance that every breath that we have, every breath we receive is a gift from you who dwells within us. It's in the strong name of Christ that we pray. And everybody said, Amen.